Hey, Josie. Hey, Sheila. Do you ever have a, or not ever, but do you have a fear of losing one of your five senses? Mm, I fear losing my sixth sense. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I Wow. I would love to hear more about the ghosts that you see and hear. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. I, um, I think it would be really hard if I lost the sense of touch, but I would fear losing my hearing. Yeah. What about you? I would say going blind would be a bit of a fear. Like just mm-hmm. all of a sudden kind of going into darkness um, and not yeah. being able to see the people that you love and the things that you love to see, all the bright colors and everything. But going completely deaf would also be very scary because you don't realize how much you rely on that sense I think until you lose I mean all our senses but I feel like there's a couple that you kind of rely on a lot without even realizing it definitely yeah Yeah, it's kind of like you know Amelia in this book we just read Not a Sound by Heather Gudenkoff everybody we're really laughing because like Josie's like I think I said it wrong but I think you said it right yeah I think that's how you say it you said it how it looks yeah definitely I know it's a little funny looking but that's how it looks so yeah I mean I'm going with my intuition on that one so hi hi everyone we're Welcome back. to Pothead to Read. To read. And, the uh, full book episode. This is a novel. Novel episode. The novel episode. That's oh, we should start say. doing it that way. We should. It's fun <laughs> to say. <laughs> it is really fun to say. Man, what's been going on? Ah, uh, well, I was elected to be the president of the spouses club of my base recently and so I've been kind of busy trying to get that up and running and we're hoping to mm-hmm. have um, mm-hmm. the next few months March through May we'll have some activities for our spouses and just kind of get up and running they've been a little inactive for a few years so we're hoping to have it all yeah have some fun we're ready for some fun yeah so, I tell and that you. other, other than that, I've just been doing chauffeur life to the nine-year-old that's <laughs> going to be an Olympic gymnast, an Olympic swimmer, or something. I'm not really sure which one yet, but no, probably. I'm not saying that that's where that's our goal, but <laughs> that's what it feels like <laughs> right now. That's what it feels like. We're yeah at practice four days a week, but oh my goodness, yeah, it's fun. He loves it yeah. so. Oh, that's good. That's about it, you know. Just oh, I guess I shouldn't say that's about it. I went to an Imagine Dragons concert a couple weeks ago with Eric and Dash. Mhm. And then this last weekend we went to Atlanta and 
played tourist and did not see Andy because he decided to go out of town the weekend that we decided to I go out of town. It's like his dad's 70th birthday or something like it's that. It's like that's important. No, it really is him going out of town. Yeah. His, his I know. I was, like, I was like, tell your dad I said hi. And he was like, he really missed you. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, we <laughs> missed seeing Andy. And I know he was a little sad that we were doing all the fun touristy things without him. But. We hope to oh, go there back. was like one point when you were sending pictures and he's like, I'm so mad I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. We went and did um med- medieval times and I think that was his Yeah. His- I haven't done medieval times in like twenty years so- and I was like, I wanna be there. I wanna go so- to that. So fun. We had so much fun. It's been a yeah. while. Like Eric and I have only done it once and that was I don't know, fifteen years ago. It was a long time ago, but we had fun. Mm-hmm. And- it yeah. wasn't packed. They had all the groups separated by like two chairs between each group, which was nice. Like I told Eric, I'm like, I hope they keep doing this all the time because I didn't. <laughs> it's like <laughs> my elbows tucked in, trying to eat my chicken on the, because like, you get like half a chicken, you know, and you're like yeah. eating it off the bone, and you want to be like stick your elbows out. But you feel like you can't because you got some stranger on the one side of you. So here yeah. I was like, all spread out. So it was nice. <laughs> I hope they keep that. Hey, medieval times, keep that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> How about you? Well, I have been on the mend for the last three weeks. Um, I've been super sick, so it was I, not COVID. She just got something COVID. else. It was not strep. It was not influenza A or B. Um. They just were kind of like, you have a weird, strong virus. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of clinics and hospitals and doctors have been seeing this, something. like, new virus, like something. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, a superhero virus coming out. And I was lucky enough to get it. But what was really hard was every time I went to my medicine cabinet to get something, it was expired because I haven't been sick in over two years because of masks and everything. Right. So it was like, man, I have an earache. And I went in and my eardrops were expired. And then I ended up with a double eye infection somehow. Poor Josie. And I went to go get my eye drops and my eye drops were expired. I couldn't breathe. And I went to go put Vicks on. And I was like, this Vicks doesn't smell very strong. And I can barely smell. And I look and that was expired. And I was like, why is everything I'm grabbing expired? But honestly, I've just kind of been dealing with that and trying to get... like get as much rest as possible I was home for basically like five or six days like not even being able to move um and then I did two half days when I started some antibiotics I did two half days and and it wiped me out so hard because that third day I hit my alarm and I just said to myself you know Give yourself 20 more minutes. And then I basically slept the whole day. And I was like, well. I was not ready to go back to work. I guess I was not ready. And my body really needed rest. But Your body was like, not today, lady. Mm -mm." Yeah, basically for years and years and years, I've just been going, 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 going. And pushing myself. And my body was like, not today. But. I did get to go back to kickboxing this week, which was really exciting. That's I've just good. been preparing for some work stuff that needs to be done. Um, 
I got a new recliner, which I'm super excited about. My current recliner I've had for quite a few years, and it's a hot mess. Um, You could say that. Yeah, like, my cat It has, like, a hole that goes all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, on the side. Like, the side, there's a hole that goes all the way down to the bottom, which has always kind of been there, but it's definitely expanded a little bit over the years. Yeah. One arm is, like, super clawed up for my cat. Some springs are starting to miss out of the seat. So, I'm, it was definitely time to get one. But um, It sounds like it's I had mean, a good life, though. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's helped me a lot through the years. So, it's very comfy. I'm very sad to get rid of it because it is very comfortable. But it, it is definitely time. I mean, that's kind of it for my boring life, but I'm kind of okay with that because I know I have a bunch of big stuff coming up. So, yeah. all work stuff, nothing fun and exciting, but all work stuff. Uh, maybe Which we can, can plan. Be fun and exciting, depending on how you look at it. Right. But Well, maybe we can plan something for April. I know, that would be awesome. I would love that. So I know, because Andy was talking about his fear of missing out and... I was sitting here in Chicago thinking, I mean, you only live a couple hours away. You guys can meet up way more often than I get to fly down and meet up. So yeah, talk about fear of missing out. I was, I was right there, but yeah, it'll be fun. I did. Oh, I did get to go see some, well, before I got sick, I got to go see one of my other best friends down in Springfield and see her family. That's right. So that was good. And then, I mean, I've just kind of been, like, living the phone life, texting people, calling people, sitting at home, trying to get healthy and not get anybody else sick and all that fun stuff, so. Just trying to survive. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (sighs) Yeah, um, you know. Should we go into the Harry Potter fact? For sure. Usually I give Sheila an option. I, we have no idea. Like, we, we're we all being secretive today. She's like, I got my Harry Potter fact. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like, I have my book picked out. We haven't even talked about either of them with each other. I know. And honestly, we we used to do very strict, I pick, you pick, I pick, you pick. Mm-hmm. When we started back up, kind of it was kind up. of, what book do we both have? Yeah. What book do we want to read? Is there a book you want to read? Yeah. Is there this? Is there that? And so we haven't really done anything yeah. like me, you, you, me, whatever. So I just made the decision today. It, <laughs> <laughs> it worked out perfectly that you had that decision, though, because I had no clue what I would have wanted to read. Um, yeah, usually I give Sheila, I and I almost did it tonight, where I was like, do you want to hear about this? Or do you want to hear about this? Yeah. Because I usually am like A or B. I didn't do that this time. Um, I just saw this one and I thought it was so cute and so fun. And I've heard a little bit about these processes, but I guess I didn't really ever hear this about this particular actor. Mm. Um, But we're going to go into some of Rupert Grint's audition and why it was unusual. Oh. I know that they all like, auditioned and not everybody was as conventional and everything but right um I don't think I'd ever fully heard this little version of it okay. um this, this is off of mentalfloss.com mm-hmm. and it was just it was a list of 35 things 
you've never heard about Harry Potter. Okay. And going through the list, I was like, okay, I've definitely heard the first yeah. ten. But <laughs> there were a I couple others. That. I was like, like oh, okay. Yeah. I think everybody knows. Um, okay. But this was number 14 on the list. Rupert Grint's audition. Nine-year-old Emma Watson's first audition for the role of Hermione took place in her high school gym, and she auditioned a total of eight times. Hmm. I knew about the gym. I don't know if I knew how many total times. I don't think I Grint, knew Yeah, Grint, then 10, sent in a video audition and went in a rather unusual direction. Okay. Quoted, I found out that you could audition by sending a picture of yourself and some information to Newsround, he said in 2002. I did my own video with me, first of all, <laughs> pretending to be my drama teacher, who unfortunately was a girl. And then I did a rap of how I wanted to be Ron. And then I made my own script thing up and sent it off. <laughs> He had some competition, though. Tom Felton auditioned for both Ron mm-hmm. and Harry before ultimately being cast as Draco Malfoy. That's the end. I knew Tom Felton had auditioned for both of those parts. I knew he, I didn't know about Ron. I knew about Harry, though. Yeah. I knew that Emma had auditioned in her... I didn't know that about her. In um, her gym. In her gym. But... I hadn't necessarily heard that she had eight auditions, eight auditions to get it. And I do remember from the special, like the, the um, anniversary special that they did Mm -hmm. that they had done groups of three to find the trio. Yeah. And all three of them had been in different groups and that they all three said that even at their ages, like nine, 10, whatever. Yeah. That when the three of them were together, it just felt different. Yeah. Which I feel like you hear that a lot of, like, ensembles where there was always, like, one person off and then somebody else comes in and it, you know, this is the magic. This is the magic that happens, so. I mean, I feel like people that aren't or didn't do theater in high school and college, I didn't feel like I felt this as much in high school, but I saw it a lot more in college where... Mm our directors and choreographers and the costumer like they're all at the auditions and I remember like (laughs) you know like 40 of us kids are sitting there waiting we've just auditioned we've got callbacks and then we're all just sitting there waiting and they're like Joe Sheila stand on stage Mm -hmm. and like you just stand there and like they're they're not just and at that point, they're just, like, looking at you compared to that person. Sometimes they put a bunch of girls up there next to each other. And, mm. like, they do things. And, you know, they put you with boys. And, you know. And then it was, okay, look at each other. Like, you found your long lost love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, okay. And so now you're looking at some guy that you've had jazz dance class with for, like, a week and you're trying <laughs> yeah. to be like convey that you love him like <laughs> mm-hmm. like they do stuff like that and then they something they would have you read stuff so it's very they, they do that until you find the, the right look and the chemistry and yeah and then sometimes and this is the funny thing and Josie and I have seen this is that 
we have seen where like the person that got like the lead female part, she did great at auditions or guy. They mm-hmm. did great at auditions, but then something just fizzled during mm-hmm. the action. Like maybe it was just being the lead was too much for them or something, but that magic of who they were on at auditions and callbacks was gone. And it just felt like it was pulling teeth to get what the director really wanted originally. Yeah, definitely. So I just yeah. wanted to say, so I can see, and it's nice that it worked so well for that trio. I love that. I just, the idea of little baby Rupert Grant like doing a rap. I sent a rap. First, yeah. first acting like his female <laughs> teacher, director, teacher. Like, this is Rupert Grant. Like, you know, like the whole thing. And then him doing like a full rap of how he wants to be a Weasley. Yeah. Like, that's just a, so amazing. Like, the idea of that is so amazing. Where's that long lost tape? I want to see it. Right? We want that. Give it to us. Mm hmm. That sounds amazing. No. <laughs> it probably won't. Why wasn't that in the 20th anniversary thingy? It should have been. Yeah. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't last. Maybe it got It wasn't. Lost. They didn't save the tape and it didn't last. <laughs> it's going to be in some. It's going to be in some random box in the deep corner of the studio mm-hmm. and in like 50 years it's gonna somebody's gonna be like what is this and it's gonna be <laughs> like Rupert Grint's tape and then it's gonna be like like audition tape or whatever yeah. and then it's gonna be released and people are gonna be shocked and amazed I can see it now we'll all be old for it so that's that point in our life <laughs> yeah I actually just put the math in my head of if it was in 50 years, how old we'd I would be. be. Like, I 90. like, oh, I hope I'm not old. Because <laughs> we'd be in our 90s. <laughs> we'd be 90. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Are we ready? Yes. Are we ready? Yes, We're going to discuss not. Yeah. Let's discuss not a sound. A novel by Heather <laughs> Gutenkoff. Sorry. I love that you read a novel. Because we were just like, it's the novel it's episode. The novel episode. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Yeah. So I will go into why we read this book because mm. technically I picked this book. Yes. I have since day one of starting Potheads Who Read, I have had this idea of going to a store and getting one of those end cap books that is right by the checkout stand or in a random end cap or something like that and finding two of the same book and sending one of them to you and having us read it. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm fascinated with that is because every, like every store like Walgreens, CVS or whatever has yeah. one of those aisles, Walmart's targets, a grocery bunch of them stores. have grocery stores. Yeah, like anywhere has books like that. I remember, um, can I just say, I remember in college at one point, I got a lot of my books at the Safeway. I don't know yeah. why I bought them at Safeway, but I did. Well, I was, okay, well, I was in Laramie. We had Hastings that had books, which I don't think Hastings is around anymore. But yeah, um, so. 
besides Walmart and grocery stores, um, that was those were the only bookstore and Hastings. Those were the only like places I could get books in Laramie. Yeah. I have gotten books from the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or the Dollar, Dollar General, stuff like that. Amazing books that I yeah. would have never looked at or found. And that's why the idea has always fascinated me. I have found books on end caps at grocery stores, mm-hmm. convenience stores, whatever, that have been incredibly good Mm -hmm. that I have enjoyed a lot and there's a big part of me I don't know if I've ever said this before on the podcast I know Sheila and I have talked about this personally just between the two of us there's a point where I think that some books come into your life for very specific reasons right like there's just a message or something that you need to hear not every book is like that but I think a lot of books can be like that yeah just like how I mean most book lovers you have a to be read pile that could go up to the sky and you keep adding it and it's a book that you want to read so badly night circus was like that for me where oh, I, I wanted to read this all in good time my dear I know I want to read it I, I definitely want to read it for this podcast but that was a book that I had had forever I took it on a trip it was when I went to Puerto Rico and it, I was like whatever I'll just take this and read it on the beach and mm-hmm. I read it and it just like resonated with me for that time. And I was, why didn't I read this sooner? You know? And so the idea of just grabbing a random book, not knowing what it's really about, not knowing the author, Mm -hmm. not knowing anything about it just really intrigued me. I literally picked this book with Andy when I was, when we traveled in Ohio in December. I didn't realize Andy was with you. Yeah, I had this book and one other book that I don't even remember, and I don't even think I read the back of them. It was literally picked by the cover, the cover and the book title, mm. and I and I think maybe the number of pages I was like Andy, which one? And he's like, I don't know, just like pick one. And he's like, Why are you even doing this? And so I explained it to him, and he's like, Yeah, that's a good idea. Just pick one. I was like, Well, you're a lot of help, Andrew. Thanks. Andy. So not a sound one. So that's why I picked it. Long, very dumb story. Long story short. <laughs> and Andy's words, good story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so here we go. The back of it. I'll just read this. And also, I didn't really know anything about this author. But now that I've read some this and then some of her other stuff, I was like, oh, well, she might be fun to to check out Mm -hmm. um so this is the the book cover um the back of the book what it says about not a sound when a tragic accident leaves nurse amelia win death she loses everything that matters her job her husband david and her stepdaughter nora now two years later and with the help of her hearing dog stitch she is finally getting back on her feet When she discovers the body of a fellow nurse in the dense bush by the river, deep in the woods near her cabin, she is plunged into a disturbing mystery that could shatter the carefully reconstructed pieces of her life all over again. As clues begin to surface, Amelia finds herself swept into an investigation that hits all too close to home. But how much is she willing to risk in order to uncover the truth and bring a killer to justice? I was totally going to do that, so I'm glad you did. (laughs) 
Manish, oh, wait, 30 second plot line. Ooh, are, no, oh, we're yeah, not doing that. Do, I think we don't do that anymore. Let's not do that anymore because I'm really <laughs> bad at it. It ends up being like five minutes. So it's never 30 seconds. So here, she loses her hearing <laughs> in a tragic she accident. She becomes an alcoholic. She becomes an alcoholic. She loses everything. She leaves her, or her husband kicks her out. She goes, lives in this cabin in the woods. That's like smart. And she has this like childhood crush on her brother's best friend still, but he's a cop and he's like her best friend and he learned sign language with her. So, and she, cause she was kind of like against everything for a while, which isn't not uncommon for people that are, yeah, that have all their, their senses to lose one that they kind of have issues. Yeah. Um, she finds this nurse who's a friend then she just but kind of becomes detective and tries to figure it all out and then she gets hunted oh she gets and a she's job repeated, and she gets she's job. repeatedly told not to do it don't just listen do it. to your boyfriend that you're not really a boy he's not really a boyfriend yet but he's not really a boyfriend yet but he's your boyfriend so just listen to him listen to him jeez yeah and he sounded really cute but you did you know. You did. Um, but yeah, so that was it. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. And not to sound bitter or anything at all, but Sheila and I both have ex-Davids in our lives. And when the ex-husband or almost ex-husband was a David, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. No offense <laughs> to the Davids out there, but we have not had a good track record with them. No. So. At least dating. I know some great Daves that I've. They're just. That I, Our personal dating experience has not been exceptional with Davids. Now, Eric's, on the other hand, fabulous. I have never dated an Eric, so I don't know. Maybe we need to get you an Eric. Maybe. That would be weird. It'd have to be like Eric with a C or something. (laughs) It can't be Eric with a K. That'd be too much. (laughs) Um, So funny. So, what was your initial thought? Or what were you going to say? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> no, it's you I go know. first. Because I, I picked it. I, I know. Um, I liked it. I had questions because I'm like, I'm pretty sure your service dog wouldn't be acting the way. But some things were kind of explained about it, but it still bothered me in the sense that how he behaved. But he was kind of like an almost failed service dog. Does that make sense? Yeah. But fine. Whatever. I mean, it's just. No, I had questions about that, too. And I was like really mad when the nurses, like when he was supposed to be on duty and the nurses in the doctor's office were like feeding him and petting him. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't do that. It just I I had a lot of issues with the service dog part. And part of that is. There's a lot of people out there that get service dogs or they say they have service dogs, but they're not service dogs and they're using an animal as a service animal, but they're not well trained and they don't do what they're supposed to do. And the dog stitch, he was like, he did what he was supposed to do, but sometimes he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Um, And But I'm trying to remember, though, because in the beginning of the book, 
since we're talking just about Stitch. Yeah. Sorry. And your initial impressions. <laughs> no, it's fine because I'm going to go into this and it, we're just going to, this is a free for all. Because he reacted the same, like he had the same commands and stuff that Jake's dog had. Yeah. And Jake's dogs. dog was a police, they were, he was like a retired police dog. So wasn't it Stitch like in that program? So they were both and then trained. Kind of failed out. Like no. they both they both trained. Or I think I'm trying Stitch, to remember how they explained. I think Stitch it. was the only one that like didn't like. No, that's what I mean. Like Stitch failed out. That's yeah. why they knew some of the same commands. But that's also why, like he was trained to help her in certain aspects. But that's yeah. not originally what he was trained for. Yeah. Yeah. He was just. Yeah. Honestly, it just felt really weird, like the whole thing. And I get yeah, who's yeah. probably like a cheaper sounds horrible, but like for her circumstances, she kind of got this dog at like a discounted rate because he wasn't like he didn't have all the training or just wasn't like the best at his training for a service dog. But like service dogs, like they get intense training and like they um it's like I want to say like a year or two of training for them and then on top of it like it, it's very strict and mm-hmm. whatnot so just some of the things like kind of bothered me about that I I do and, kind of wonder because I read the author notes and like the yeah. acknowledgments and stuff and I know she did do a ton of research right. So I do kind of wonder how much she took, like, authors' privileges with that. Mm -hmm. Because there's also things where Stitch was never in a harness, which I, working in restaurants, I've seen quite a few service animals on all spectrums, very strict. Mm -hmm. I went to school with a girl who was legally blind who had a Mm -hmm. seeing eye dog, and when she was coming in, they taught the classrooms how to deal with the seeing eye dog. Yeah. And I know that the stricter everything is, they have to be in harnesses and stuff like that. Yeah. So I do wonder how much um, she took author, author privileges with that, I with that like actual information she knows. I, I'm not obviously super knowledgeable or trained in that. I know some of it because I know from like a lot of our um, friends or acquaintances, they've gotten service dogs for whatever their their needs are. And I just know it's a big process. I have friends that are trying to mm-hmm. get them for their um, very autistic children. It's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money. So um, I do think there was probably some, you know, creative liberty with this. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's just one of those things that kind of bothered me. Just because <laughs> I also hate that we have people that are making it harder for people that truly need service dogs that are acting like they have a service dog when their dog isn't a service dog because they're not properly trained. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gives people that have service dogs a little bit of a bad name or a bad rap. Or makes it harder for them to to get, you know, a service animal or to go to places because places don't necessarily want 
animals that aren't behaving, but then we fall into that whole, <laughs> that whole, it's federal, I'm pretty sure it's federal, that yeah. if you have a service animal, they have to come in with you, and you can't ask, like, so as somebody who has to deal with those people, I can tell you <laughs> that the people who legitimately use them, mm-hmm. nobody ever questions it and For they sure. know, but those people also come in with a different attitude than the people who are faking it right. and the people who are faking it, you're not getting away with it. People mm-hmm. know. We know. The staff knows, the people know, but we, I mean, there are some very as somebody who has to allow patrons in, there's things that you can ask and can't ask. And I mean, the rules and the laws and the regulations of all of it, and you do have to let them in. But there is also some things as establishments that you can, you can ask. And um, especially in the restaurants, you can tell them they have to stay underneath the table. They have to stay by your chair and so if you see them jumping up on the seats and stuff like yeah. that, you can tell them, like, you have to keep control of your animal. It has to stay underneath. Or you so you them. know yeah. you know when people come in if it's, like, legitimate yeah. or not. Not that the initial reaction when people comes in with a service animal mm-hmm. isn't the same. It's But you can tell, like, the people who really need them and the people who are. They take it a lot more serious. You know, they take it very seriously because they need those animals. Well, and to be perfectly honest, they usually come in and say, this is my service animal. They'll sit underneath. Like, they know where they have to, they know where they go. They know the rules, yeah. You know, and they know the rules. So, I I totally see your concerns. And I obviously can't speak for every single person who works in the service industry or Mm -hmm. works in public service or anything. But you you can definitely tell the difference. (laughs) I mean, I see it just walking around out in town when I see them, but that's that's just how it is. You know, yeah. I know, like, when we went to Medieval Times, there was a family with a dog ahead of us, like, in line. And the guy kept telling the dog to sit, and the dog was, like, all wiggly, and he'd sit. But he didn't. he also didn't have, like, a vest or anything on saying that he was or he wasn't. You don't and have to. Right. You don't have to. But that's the other thing, though, is I have noticed the people that do, they do have it because they, they don't have something. They don't like want their or animal touched or anything. Because yeah. it's also a sign of like, hey, this is my service animal. I'm working. Leave me alone. Like, yeah, that's their job. So, um, so I just had, I had some minor issues with that, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've talked about it for like, 30 minutes no I'm just kidding it hasn't been 30 minutes <laughs> um but I'm totally kidding uh, okay yeah. so besides the service animal what was your fir- what was your first impression <laughs> I I enjoyed it I like a good like murder mystery kind of story mm-hmm. um I was interested to see how this was gonna work with her being deaf because um it's really interesting because I've watched two shows recently that had um, episodes that were for people or like one of the characters was deaf and one of them was um, Murders Only in the Building. Did I just mess up that title of that show? (laughs) Steve Martin. Um, Yeah, Murders 
Only murders in the building. Only murders, murders in the building. Mur- murders only in this building. Something like I that. I know which one you're talking but, about. I loved it. And now Selena, I can't the two it. Martins. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're, they had an episode where, like, one of the characters was focused on was death. And it was just really interesting how they did it. And I remember I turned around to Eric mm-hmm. and I go, wow, that was, that was really great. You know, like getting the perspective mm-hmm. of the deaf person, and then I'm trying to think of what the other episode or other show was. I think it was um, it was on Disney Plus, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but like hearing and watching both of those episodes, it just kind of reminded me of this story of like how she's going mm-hmm. through life, especially after she could always, you know, she had always been a normal hearing person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, she's had two years to kind of learn how to deal with that, get through the, her trauma of that, how she dealt with it originally, which was drinking and like the consequences of that and um, mm-hmm. and everything. Like there were times that I felt the book was a little slow. Mm-hmm. As, let's, get, let's get moving on. And there are times where I'm like, wait, I want that person and her to do more work together. Like, yeah, I wanted her and the Patrick guy. Patrick, right? Yeah. The, um, the one, the suspicious stalker. The weird, dude, the yeah. kind of like odd. The, the suspicious stalker who's not a stalker. Yeah. He's not a stalker, but he was just so odd. He acted really odd. I wanted them to do more like investigative work together. Like, because mm-hmm. I felt like he had a lot of knowledge about something and she had some knowledge about something, but all he did was like give her a clue. Like, well, I think it probably didn't help that he was like scared of her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, no. so many people got arrested because of her. <laughs> so many She's a troublemaker. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, like there are just times that I wanted things to be a little bit faster and I just wanted some characters to maybe have a little bit more interaction. But overall, I had no problem with it. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it. What about you? Um, Besides the dog that we already talked about. <laughs> yeah. So I did not actually have the problems that you had with the service animal. Like there were some things that clicked where I was like, oh, that is weird, but okay, whatever. I actually really enjoyed it. Not really knowing what to expect Mm -hmm. honestly I said I don't even think I read the back of this book I literally picked it from like the cover (laughs) I was completely surprised she was deaf like I didn't even realize that was coming (laughs) I'm telling you like I did no research on this before I was like all right let's pick this up and I was like oh she's deaf okay but when I entered this book into my goodreads I started reading some of the other reviews and it was really fun to see a lot of the reviews and how excited they were to have a deaf character. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those things that you don't really realize that it's missing until you see it. And then you're like, yeah, why aren't Mm -hmm. more characters? Why don't they talk about this more? And not just, not just her not being able to hear, like I felt that, like when she goes back into the two years, because this picks up two years later when she's 
trying to piece everything back together. Yeah, she's gotten um, like yeah, she's gotten, kind of she's out of her to, her alcoholic. <laughs> well, she she's still fighting it, but she's yeah not drinking. She still like has she her was. urges, but she yeah. knows yeah she knows what to do and um she's really trying to prove herself. Jake, um her yeah. her brother's best friend, makes her take American Sign Language classes mm-hmm. and just even the thought of how he took it because of the um, police force and just so they had somebody who knew it in, in the meantime of them getting a professional interpreter, you know, just those little things I, I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I love just a good thriller. Yeah. Like whodunit there. It was not overly complex. It wasn't, Mm -hmm simple it wasn't simple enough to be like oh this person did it oh um, I didn't well <laughs> once the story started to unfold about yeah. halfway through I was like oh this is very suspicious and this person has to do like has something to do with yeah. it the reason behind why I was like oh got it Yeah. And it was like, as soon as I saw, as soon as she started digging into something, I'm like, oh, it's probably this. So I didn't turn that off as much, but I also didn't think it was like, like, I didn't think it was the neighbor. I was like, that's way too fast. We're in like chapter four, Um, (laughs) you know, but so um, I will say, and I think I've said this before in past episodes, when it comes to thrillers and stuff like that, I really try not to overthink it too much because I like the surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that always works. For me, it's not like I try to turn it off because I don't even know how to turn it off. It's just like I like there was something that was said in the chapter where she met the killer that was said, and I was like, it's him. And... <laughs> I, I mean, there were was, things. I didn't think it was him right away, but I was. I did think like, yeah, huh? That's like, odd. I knew. I'm, I'm like, it's him. And then like, she did some other things that made me think. I was like, well, maybe it's her ex. But I just kept thinking. I'm like, I just kept turning. I was always like, it's this guy. And I don't know why. It's like this is something once, I've always done. Yeah, once it started taking the medical turn of it, I knew it wasn't her ex because it was way too obvious. I didn't think he was completely innocent, and he wasn't completely innocent. he wasn't. But I didn't think it was him. And I did like the aspect of, like, her talking about having to read lips and how sometimes Mm -hmm. it was hard and what was hard for her to catch. Yeah. But... Like, as far as wanting certain characters to interact more, I really wanted her to interact with her neighbor more. Yeah, me too. Like, especially after the first instance where she did kind of have him accidentally arrested. I mean, not so accidentally. Like, he was on her property, and it was, you know, like, whatever. So, I don't think it was just her. I mean, he did fight him, so there's that aspect (laughs) Right. Like, he didn't hear that. Exactly. So, like, like, I don't think she should have been totally to blame for that. But at the same time, it was like, you know. I mean, he got over it. (laughs) Right. But also, at the same time, it's like, she dropped off cookies to him. There was a note. And then, like, that was it. And, like, it was never anything else. And then it was like, Mm -hmm. she was in trouble again. And then all of a sudden, she was like, oh, yeah, my neighbor. And I'm like, well, maybe you should have tried being neighborly. And... Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I didn't think it was like, like I said, I didn't think it was a really hard mystery thriller to figure out. Mm -mm. It wasn't a simple story. It wasn't simple. Like it was a simple concept. I did like a lot of like little things in there, you know, like just how important it is to like, I felt like one of the through lines of it was, you know, when you, everybody goes through something hard, you go through something where you might push people away. It's, you kind of have to remember like we're all human and it's okay to, um, it's okay to reach out to people, even if it's been a certain amount or a while, like, if the people want to be in your life, they're going to be there in your life and yeah. they're going to understand you went through something hard. Yeah. Um, and that was and the thing with all of it. They do understand pieces of it, you know? Yeah. And that was the thing with the character Gwen, who actually was the person that was murdered. She had kept reaching out over the whole course of the two years to Amelia, our main character, mm-hmm. like, just kept reaching out to her and kept trying because that was the type of person she was like every time, you know, Amelia came, like a thought of Amelia came into her head, she'd like try to call her or she'd send her an email. It was just, it was, that was who she was. And I think she started, Amelia started to realize that not everybody like hated her. Like she thought they hated her because while she did some really horrible or maybe said some really horrible things, after the accident and while she was in her um her drunk states mm-hmm. I think people also realize like the trauma that she had from her accident and what she was right. trying to because like she didn't just lose her hearing like she hurt her like I think a leg was broken too like so so she her was friend healing. died her, like the person that she was in the car with yeah. died yeah, she lost so, her hearing. Yeah, she was like she was down for a while, and, and then, then just to the lose your hearing after you right. Like she for, loved, she loved being a nurse. Yeah, like and she loved can, being a mom to Nora, and she yeah. loved being a nurse. She just didn't know how to do it. Deaf. Right. And I think you'll find that with people that like when they lose one of their senses unexpectedly they just don't know like sometimes they don't know how to handle it and and sometimes you know part of that is that we get mad and we get angry when something happens because we don't know how to deal with the grief of losing that um sense I mean even when you partially lose it it's hard I mean sure I mean I I we dealt with that and our we still deal with it with my oldest sister yeah um, like her brain tumor caused her to lose. She has very tunnel limited. vision. Oh yeah, tunnel and vision. her sight is very, very limited, and it totally changed the course of so many things. And oh, I'm sure. So she like just like losing the vision and then the brain trauma and like how that changed. Like it really changed the whole trajectory of her life. And you know she doesn't have. She remembers being able to drive, and now she can't drive at all. Yeah. And just even that struggle was so hard you get that with Amelia where you know she talks about Nora when she's like mommy and she's like she's like she can hear it but she knows she can't hear it 
Yeah. And she gets upset because she wants to be able to hear that. She wants to ex- be able to experience yeah. that. And, you know, there's a part where she's hugging Nora and Nora's like saying something and she's like, my, my daughter, can't, like, yeah, she's like, I can't, my daughter can't hug me and be able to talk to me at the same time. Like I have to look at her in her face, you know, yeah, just even things like that. It's, it's very interesting. And I thought it was dealt with um, in a delicate way by the author. Like, I think it was, it was handled in a, well. Yeah. Um, it was realistic. It didn't seem like I never felt like Amelia was this super tragic character that was just unreachable and untain- un- yeah. unattainable or I, anything in any way. Like, I do, I don't, and this may be just me, I'm like two years to learn how to lip read and to to be able to hand sign, because she didn't start doing her sign language until later, like until after she left the house, and that might have been like a year. I was going to say it had to have been at least a year after her accident. So I feel like I'm like, wow, she got really proficient in both of those in like a kind of short amount of time. But I don't know if that's normal or if that was just like her. But how basic it was, though, too, because the only person yeah. that like she didn't she sign Jake, a yeah. lot. Like, Jake and her were the ones who signed the most. And even that, it just seemed kind of basic. But, you know, like, even, like, in college, we had American Sign Language classes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually remember going with a friend of mine. She was my old roommate. We had oceanography class every Monday night from 6 to 9. It was Mm -hmm. once a week, so it was three hours. And I remember the doors in our floor were always shut. And we were like, man, there's a lot of classes, night classes that happen on like Mondays and Wednesdays or whatever, you know, once a week. And mm-hmm. we're like, why is it always so quiet on this floor? And we were not being respectful. And we were just like, okay, we're on our way to class. It's so quiet in here. And then like a couple weeks later when it started to like warm up and our like the heat was still on in the buildings and stuff, a lot of the classrooms would keep their doors open to kind of like cool it off. With Aaron. And every single classroom was full of students there was like six classrooms full of students and it was all american sign language oh my gosh you're like oh. and we were like oh so we're assholes got it granted college courses they're a little bit more intensive it's intense you learn yeah. things you basically learn like a 12-week course in like eight weeks yeah you know a six-month course in three months or whatever you know so i do know it's accelerated but yeah. like with the sign language I've learned, even the basic ones, you can get yeah. pretty quickly. And I know, like, with names and stuff like that, like, they usually do, it's, like, a symbol for that person. It's yeah. not necessarily, you're not necessarily spelling out their whole name. Like, yeah, yeah. One of our, one of, a manager that I used to work with, she would always do, like, the symbol for J. Mm-hmm. And then she would always, like, do her hands, like, shake both of her hands up, like, like bright. Oh. And she was like, you're just always so, like, bright and sunshiny. Like, you always have a smile. So, like, that was how she would sign my name was a J right. with with that. And so it was like, oh, okay. Like, the first initial and, and a symbol. So I'm sure they probably have some things like that. Yeah, but yeah. It might have also depended on what kind of course she took. And True. I just, I just wondered, like, how – because it seemed like – 
they understood it pretty like both her and Jake understood it pretty well. So that's why. And like well, I have a Jake friend, had, but I think Jake, Jake had, had already taken. Training. He yeah. already knew about it, and he, he already knew the classes, it, so he, he was her. pretty proficient already yeah. that he could take her, yeah. and he would have forced her. Like yeah. Jake is the character who would have like forced her to like really this learn it. True. And practice should, and stuff. I should ask my friend Katie. She's a um, she's a sign language interpreter, and um, like we've talked about her training a little bit, but I mean she did like a couple years worth of um sign language, so she could interpret for for people. Yeah, she's hilarious, but. <laughs> I always love watching videos of the sign language interpreters at like concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. Especially like um, for hip hop or rap or something like that. Like you see them get into it and like, I love it. It's my favorite. I I wish I would learn it more. Yeah. Like I I could definitely take classes and and do it. Like I wish I I wish I would have done that. Like I wish I would have taken the opportunity to take that class in college when I had it. I know, I know the alphabet. And then when Dash is a baby, we were lear- we were doing like basic sign language for yeah. him because um, a lot of babies do. Or mm-hmm. if you teach it to babies sign language or the sign with the word, most likely they will learn or they'll start using that sign language before they yeah. start actually saying the words. Well. We were doing all done, which is um, just twisting your hands like back and forth. All done. And um, mm-hmm. he was like 12 months old. And I we were finishing up dinner and I went to come grab his plate and I was like, all done. And I did the sign and I did the word and he goes, all done. <laughs> he didn't he didn't do the sign language. He just said the word. And I'm like, why am I doing the sign language? Cause you and talk, cause you're smart <laughs> little. You're just smart. Um, but yeah. he he was one of those children that was doing a lot of words at ten, eleven months old, um, compared to some children. So we kind of lucked out in the sense that he was a very mm-hmm. he had the language at that age. So we were getting like he was able to tell us stuff, and that's not always the case. So. I do yeah. think babies or sign language for babies is great. I just stopped because my child was able to just use the words. Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> Leslie has done that with Mason and yeah. Mason has had to do like speech therapy and he is in a bilingual household. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot that children in bilingual households do take a little bit longer to speak because they're processing in like both languages so they do they do like all done and more and like thank you and now mason talks a lot so they don't really have to worry about it as much but they did use the sign language a lot longer than than like the 12 months or even like a year and a half like it was two years two and a half years and they were still using a lot of it so it's it's very helpful oh it's totally Um, helpful I do think it's interesting, too, like with Amelia in the book, how much, like, just having to be conscious of having to read the the mouths. Yeah. And how exhausting that can be. Like, <laughs> you know, there were there were points in the in the book where she just flat out said, 
I have read lips for five hours today and it, it takes so much out of me. And that's the thing too, is it's, it's not just dealing with not hearing. It's the energy it takes to, to do that, be active and proactive and, and um, do what you have to do to communicate and everything. Well, there's that. And then just also trying to figure out the tone of what's being oh, said. Oh, yeah. Well, because um, that's the thing, too, is she was still able to speak, but she... She didn't know how well, loud she was. Yeah, she didn't. She could never tell how loud she was, but she knew words. She knew what they were supposed to sound yeah. like. Because she wasn't born born deaf, she, already, she was already able to say all the words. So there was yeah. that aspect, too, where... She could communicate. She could talk. She just didn't have the volume control mm-hmm. that you would normally have. Yeah. Um, but we also saw with, like, tone, and what I be mean, my tone, she had a this telephone in her home that people would call and talk to her. What they were saying would come up in text onto a screen for her to read. Mm-hmm. And she would read it. And she... She could never tell, like, there, there are times where she's like, I think my husband, you know, she, she called her um, her ex, I mean, they were still married, her husband a lot. She's like, my husband, mm-hmm. I don't know if, what his, is, is he being mean? Is he being nice? Like, she couldn't mm-hmm. tell. And then at one point, she even was like, I don't even know if the person that called was that person. this number was really that person it could have yeah. been the the killer because yeah. she can't she didn't hear who they were she just saw the words um and so she preferred to see people in person so she could mm-hmm. read their expressions to see how they were um yeah. feeling or if they were happy mad sad and i can totally relate to that like I feel like that happens a lot in text messaging nowadays. People yeah, sometimes get misinterpreted. If you put yeah. a period in the just, sentence, you're being mean. <laughs> it's not even, yeah, it's like, it's also just like projection. Like, I'm projecting sure. my own feelings on something. Like, if I'm upset and I'm reading something, I'm, I'm thinking, why is this person mad at me? You know? Right. Sheila knows this. Mm-hmm. All my friends know this. I'm a texter. I'm also a talker. Like, I love to talk on the phone. I have never been a person to shy away from talking on the phone. I love to text people, too. But sometimes it's I overthink so many things yeah. that I, I am constantly questioning how I read stuff. It just happened at work a couple weeks ago because we do so much group texting on a group chat for my job and I I read something and I had to look at another manager and be like, am I reading this right? Am I am I looking too hard into this? <laughs> um, right. Do you think this is mean or, you know, like, are you getting the how funny this what is? What vibe are you getting? Yeah. Yeah. So I I do constantly question how I read texts and I get yeah. and that's with all my senses. I I question that or I always even when I say something I always have to be like I'm sorry if that came across as rude I didn't mean it as rude mm-hmm. especially working in restaurants it, it's fast-paced you can you can't always tell if you come across yeah. really rude or mean sometimes so you kind of have to um, put that in check and I'm always constantly telling people like 
you might see my face. I can guarantee you I'm not thinking what you think I'm thinking. Right. Um, my face does not always show my what I'm actually thinking, what my emotion is. So to to have one of your senses be gone to deal with that would be very interesting. Yeah. I did find it. And it's it's not even just Amelia. I get like this with all books because you you know the person in charge as soon as they're told don't do this you know they're gonna do it and I always get a little frustrated where I'm like why are you doing it you know you shouldn't do it you know it's no good it's like a favorite it's like a favorite Harry Potter trio yeah like they tell you 17 times don't do it you tell yourself 17 times I shouldn't be doing this and then you're still doing it why now I can't say I would be the person who wouldn't do it. I would probably do it too. But there's always a point in books when that happens where I'm like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, I understand too. Because I probably wouldn't leave it in the hands of somebody else either. So it wouldn't be a story if all that stuff wasn't there. That's true too. This book would be five chapters long if it was like, okay, Jake's going to handle it. Jake's got it. Um, one thing that I will, I do think about this particular book mm-hmm. and I don't know how they would do it. And I've thought about it a couple times, but I did feel like there was a lot of loose ends mm. and yeah. it kind of made me wonder if the author did that on purpose in case she was inspired to write another book about Amelia. Right. Like maybe or, who did, um, like they figure out what happened to Amelia, like who her, Because we don't know who hit Amelia and the woman she was with. Right. At the beginning of the book. It was, it's a unsolved case. Yeah, unsolved. So, and she, I mean, she kind of closes it at the end where she was like, because there was one point where she thought maybe her case and Gwen's case were related. Yeah, we're tied. And so she was like, you know, maybe they are related. And at the end, she says, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll never know. And I was just thinking, that's it? (laughs) We're just giving up? Um, Yeah. Like, at the end, I was like, well, she tied this up in a nice, neat little bow, except for that. Yeah. But I feel like Amelia would always be questioning who really did it. Because it was definitely... A the person that hit her and this other woman definitely turned into them because they were almost to the woman's car door or were at the like woman's car door and it turned in towards them and like essentially crushed them. Um, yes. So it was targeted. Yeah. And they had her and Gwen and I'm almost pretty sure like this other person that was hit Stacy was they were all nurses and they worked in a trauma Stacy was a victim oh yes 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 Stacy was a victim but it was because they they worked in in trauma and like Mm -hmm. sexual Sexual trauma trauma, yeah and some different things so I felt like that was very interesting that that could happen but, you know, even her and her neighbor, it was just, 
she doesn't want to talk to her neighbor for the longest time because she doesn't she wants to be shut off and she doesn't yeah. trust him. At one point, she thinks he could have done something with it. And then yeah. a week later, by the end of the book, she's like, yeah, we're in business together. Yeah, okay. I work for him. From, from the very beginning of the book to the end of the book, it's more than just a it's week. It's like been the a year. Book, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so I get that. But it's also in the space of time of, of the book, the 280 pages or whatever it is, I'm like, oh, well, you're just going to go into business with this person. Okay. But she still wants to become a nurse. So I feel like yeah. there's still things that, like, they could go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jake has his tragic story. For sure. With his wife. We don't know. Like, maybe she really didn't commit suicide. You know, like. Yeah. Because um, it seemed very tragic and yeah. questionable of that, you know. So there were some things that seemed lightly tied up that we you could go back and kind of explore yeah. we may have amelia part two yeah um but if there wasn't one it's i'd be like too. okay it's fine like the story yeah. was settled it's fine it ended fine yeah i i do appreciate that because i have read other books where the author intended to make it a series and then for whatever reason they just never wrote the other books and i'm like i want the rest of the story yeah. And it's frustrating for me. I mean, I let it go, but. I mean, yeah, totally. Even if you got the, the same characters from a different point of view mm-hmm. um, of something happening, like if they did, if the author did a book about Jake and a case that he's working mm-hmm. and then maybe tied in Amelia yeah. and the other stuff, like if. They, if she brought back all these characters and Jake was working a case and it mm-hmm. happened to be tied, possibly tied to Amelia's case, like that, I would be really interested in That'd that. Be, Possib- yeah. You know, like it might be an interesting turn where it's all the same characters from a different point of view, but it's not the exact same story from, right. from a different point of view. Yeah. Um, I've I've read some great books where the author will do that and be like, oh, get the, get it from this character's point yeah. of view. And you're like, oh, it's literally the exact same parts <laughs> right. just from that person's point of view, which is fine too. But yeah, it's, it wasn't anything overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Like I, at the beginning of this year, I just kind of wanted to get back into reading a lot more. Yeah. So I've read a lot of simple books. It was a and good I, book to just, to, like for a weekend read or yeah yeah I read this in a weekend it was yeah. it was a fun weekend read where you know I'd been sick I was well enough to like do things and understand what was happening and not stay up and wake be awake but you know in in Chicago we've been getting a lot of snow and there was like snow and I'm like you know what it's cold out I'm gonna read this book and it was just a cozy little read and yeah. I read it in a weekend so Um, I really enjoyed that about it. Like I said, I wasn't expecting anything really prolific or anything like that. So it was exactly what I expected out of it. And so I was able to find it really entertaining. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had, I like, I had minor issues with it, you know, the dog and stuff, but that's, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I really didn't have any issues otherwise with it. I enjoyed it. It was a quick read. 
Um, just you know, making the time to sit down and read. We did not give any spoilers out. Mm-hmm. So go, I mean, go read the book. See if High you... five. Yeah. Because there's some good little twists and turns in mm-hmm. it. I tried. I, I As I, I made sure I just said when she met the killer. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> You're like, the killer was met. It was fun. It was, I. it's fun. It was a murder book. <laughs> it's not supposed to be fun. But Josie it was, it was murder is fun. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Um, it's not fun. It's sometimes murder mysteries are enjoyable. Yeah. It's like it's solving that, that puzzle. Yeah. Like for me, it's like trying to figure out the puzzle. Yeah. Right. The puzzle. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> it was definitely entertaining to read. I've been yeah. like switching back and forth between different series on TV and stuff like that. And yeah. nothing seems to like make me want to sit you. and watch it. So like the fact that I was able to get entertained by this and sit and read it and mm-hmm. like finish it, I guess says something because my entertainment lately I'm just like <laughs> this isn't interesting I'm changing it I mean even tonight before we were recording I was right. like I'm just gonna watch something to see I think I switched from like Netflix to Amazon to Disney <laughs> to something else I tried watching about four different series I, nothing was catching so that's funny did you have a favorite character <sighs> I like favorite character I like Jake probably the most I wanted more Jake in the book me too I'm just gonna go out there and say that he was my favorite character too and I agree I wanted a lot more Jake in this I just feel like there really could have been a lot more Jake and a lot less I don't know other stuff but I really like Jake and I wanted more Jake and I felt like there could have been a lot more Jake and less seclusion yes yes I, yeah I think that's it like you, you get a lot of her being by herself Alone. which a lot is fine. which I think was part of her thing too is yeah, that she wanted to be alone she yeah. she felt like she she was very self um deprecating yeah right where she felt like because she had this tragedy and because she had her alcoholism because she lost her husband and her husband and everything that she which we I, I'm gonna go into this a little bit because I'll just say my least favorite character right now because we both said who we really liked mm-hmm. David was actually my least favorite character yeah. not because of the ex relation that's not why the reason why <laughs> David is bad. because him as a character he's He's just kind of mean. Which, One minute I mean, he's really nice, and then the next minute he's just really... Which, okay, if my wife that I was separated from came into the hospital and was like, you killed Gwen, and you lied to me because you told me you hadn't seen her and she was your she was your um, patient, okay, I would have been really pissed too. But to literally the night before be like... Yeah, I think it'd be really good for you to be around my daughter, and I'm really proud of you for learning sign language and getting this job and And getting your life together and getting it together and stop drinking. 
And then she comes in and does that. And he's like, you're just drunk and you need to stay away from. I was like, dude, like, what's with the 180? Like, yeah, no, she's not like she hasn't been an alcoholic for a while. Like, don't throw that in her face when you know that that's the thing. Right. And he had no proof that she was like. I felt like that accusation came out of nowhere where he was like, you're drunk. Yeah. Go home. And I'm like, there's literally no proof that she's drunk right now. Yeah, there was like she didn't smell. She wasn't something. She was just she was irate because she was being framed for something that right. Um, like I felt like her reaction was more justifiable than his reaction. Oh, for sure. Not that I would have taken the steps and done what she did, but in the moment of her being framed, like also just the confusion because she didn't know what was really from David and what wasn't from David. Yeah. And she thought David asked her to go pick up pick up the daughter, the stepdaughter, yeah, and pick up their daughter. And then all of a sudden, she had to do a like a sobriety test on school property mm-hmm. in front of front students of the kids and, and the daughter and the teachers and everybody else. And then for like all of that stuff to happen, I felt like he could have been a bit more empathetic of like, hey, where did this come from? Yeah, I felt what's like, going on, like why what happened. Like, you kind of hear how surgeons or doctors have, like, that God complex, like, mm-hmm. that narcissism. Mm-hmm. And I wow. felt like David definitely had that. And mm-hmm. not to say that I wouldn't have reacted the way he did. If you're trying to take care of your daughter and you're protecting your daughter, yes, you have to kick your wife out. If they are an alcoholic, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to do that. That is not what I'm talking about at all. But everything else, like I felt like everything else after, I felt like he could have maybe been a little bit more empathetic about. Mm -hmm. But also, if you're in that situation, it can be really hard to have that empathy for somebody because you're just frustrated and you're tired of it. And you're also he was also given off like a lot of mixed. Yeah. Like she went to the funeral for Gwen and she's sitting in the back and he sees her and he sits down and they're talking. And the next thing you know, he's like talking into her ear, which she can't hear. And like he had his arm around her, her back, around her waist. Like there were things that he was doing that felt very intimate to her. And she even talked about how this was like how he used to like treat me. Yeah. And it was, I can see how she was very confused by it and how like she was thinking he was pitting me against, you know, you know, he's doing like buttering me up and then yeah, trying to like make it. So I, I do fall back onto alcohol, right. you know, cause sometimes things like that, tri- it, it's triggering I think yeah. people that something like that can happen and it's a trigger and they'll fall back onto the things that had been their vices. And I can see where she was coming from with that now. Yeah. It was very flip floppy. Yeah. Like he was very flip floppy. I agree. He wasn't my favorite. So like character. even more than the killer, he was like my least favorite yeah. character. Cause I was just like, are you sweet? Are you not sweet? Right. Do you want her to be with Nora? Do you not want her to be with Nora? David, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? But then the whole thing of, like, 
I felt like even when he was talking about selling their house, he mm. could have been a little bit more empathetic. He was just like, yeah, the realtor suggested that, you know, this place is way too big for the two of us. Right. But then he's, again, flip-flopping and, oh, this was really good for all of us to be together. Yeah, we should do we really We need to do this more. I think it's good that you're in her life. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Because so you're just like... Because, like, what's crazy with that was, like, he was saying all that, but then, like, a week earlier when she found Gwen, because she's the one that found the murdered woman, Gwen, he, she missed her interview, and he sent her a text, like, God, you can't even. Typical. Typical. Typical you. She's like, no, there's really a reason. Watch the news tonight, or whatever it was she said. Well, yeah, because she couldn't even say anything, and I think there was one point where they were, like, texting or whatever, and. Yeah. I think she even said that. He's like, oh, yeah, what's your excuse now? Yeah. She's like, I can't tell you. Just watch the news. And he's like, like, whatever. He's like, fine. So, and then after that, then he was like, oh, man. Was it, you know, you you really found her? I'm so sorry. And then she gets the job and it's like, oh, you should come over to dinner. It was just so, I don't know, like one minute. So, like, passive aggressive and mean. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to love you. Not love you, but I'm going to. Don't embrace you, you a little bit yeah just, I mean I'm sure there's people out there like that yeah and but on the other hand the character that we both love Jake he was like he pushed her to get so- sober uh-huh. he pushed her to learn sign language. language he was so happy for her when she like he was so upset for her when she found yeah. the body yeah and then especially when he he was like, or uh, he found out that she knew who it was. Mm-hmm. He took extra care in making sure she got home. He was very worried about, even before everything happened, he was so worried about her security system. Yeah. He helped make sure that she got Stitch. You know, he took like, care even, of her. Even beyond, I felt like it was even beyond, like, the brotherly connection yeah. where or like the family connection because yeah. she'd grown up with him you know yeah I and agree it was definitely he was doing that out of love and it wasn't necessarily love you know familial love it was yeah I love you and I want you to get better and I'm here for you yeah and he was one of the ones that was just like well you can't get rid of me tough Right. Also, at the end, can I just say, um, I was so worried and scared that something was going to happen to Stitch. Oh, yes. Yeah, me too. I was like, I will be so mad. This is the only spoiler I'm going to say. Stitch lives because I was going to be so mad if like, <laughs> Stitch didn't live and something happened to that dog. Right. Yeah. And I'm not even a person who is, like, I love animals. Mm-hmm. I've grown up with animals my whole life. I can very much disconnect between, like, a family animal and, like, an animal that's, like, livestock or whatever, you know. Right, right. So I'd, I know that, like... Things die, people die, animals die. Like, I get that. But for whatever reason, when I was reading this, I was like, I will not handle it well if Stitch dies. No. Like, <laughs> like I hated that he got like hurt. 
Yeah. And I love that he was doing what he's he was one of his trainings to do because some of his police dog training came into to yes. action. Yeah. And um or tried to tried to be a police dog training, <laughs> I should say, mm-hmm. since he didn't. But he, you know, he did survive and that's the only spoiler I'm giving folks. <laughs> he's a good dog. Yeah. Maybe not the best service dog, but he's a good dog. <laughs> yes. That's so cool. Um, I mean, do you have any other thoughts or final thoughts about the book, Shia? No, I mean I enjoyed it. I had yeah, fun reading it. Um trying to think. Like there are just some spots that I thought were a little slow, but that's fine. I mean I mean, I'm pretty sure this was like a seven dollar book. Not that I should really put prices on it, but I mean, says, the back of it, the so back says $9.99. Yeah, but I got this at Walmart, and I'm pretty sure they price their books oh, down. Oh, I think they do, like, 20 or 10 something. Yeah. Like Target does. But, so, it was, I mean, not that that really has anything to do with it, but that was kind of the whole thing of, like, I just kind of wanted, like, a cheap. Yeah. And a cap novel, so. I haven't bought or read one of those in, I don't know how long. Me neither. That's that that was kind of the appeal to it. So yeah, I mean my Good final job. thought I I thought it was fun. Yeah. I keep saying that. I need to stop saying that. Murder's not that fun. <laughs> but it was a nice, cozy weekend read. I'm gonna make a shirt that says that. <laughs> I know. It was fun. Murder's fun. <laughs> Murder's not that fun. <laughs> Okay, I need I, to stop saying that. That would be a shrink yeah. only wear to bed. Would you recommend it? Yes, I would. I would recommend it. I would recommend it too. I might give it to my friend Katie. I don't know how much she reads, but I might give it to her and see what she thinks as a sign language interpreter. I mean, she's not deaf, but she has that sign language um, yeah. background. So I'm Honestly, I feel like... This would be a good book to graduate Andy from only YAs mm. that maybe he could read a book about adults. <laughs> book about adults. That sounds really horrible, but <laughs> like look, Andy's just living his young adult life in his almost 40 year old body, so no, I know. Well, his forty-year-old body. Sorry, yeah, it just it just happened. Body. So, yeah, yeah. Look, I know people who read specific genres, and that's all they read. I'm here for it, but I do think this. Maybe I'll pass this on to him and see if it's something he would read. But I would recommend it. Actually, I could ah, mm-hmm. if I don't send this to Andy, maybe I'll send this to my family. This is a book that I think my family would read and enjoy. Oh yeah, everyone in my family would read this. Awesome. Well, um, what book are we reading? Are we pulling Next? from our bookshelf? Oh, do we do that? I can pull from my bookshelf. I have been reading um, the, well, Dash, Eric, and I did The Disappearance of Emily, Emily Downs, and then another book called The Lies She Told, and I finished Seven of 
Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which was like... Oh, I want to read that. Which was like a 12-hour book. Yeah, Um, I have that on my Audible. I can't wait. That one was really good. Dash and I were doing The Inquisitor's Tale. We finished that. Trying to think what else we've done. I feel like that's all we've done. Like, I've read, but I haven't read a lot. So... Nice. Yeah. What about you? I have done The Love Hypothesis, mm. which was a lot of fun. It And it was, I actually did that for uh, Facebook uh, social distancing book club that I've been a part of for the last couple of years. Mm. We did that as just kind of like a fun book because we, yeah. we read some pretty intense books at the end of the year. So, so sometimes all of us you need were like, little. yeah, we're like, let's do something that's a little, you know, different. And actually it was, it sparked one of, I think one of our best conversations as a group. And it's also the author did, um, she calls it kind of like the STEM, like a STEM romance because it's about, um, some people in like a biology, microbiology, oh. something biology. They're, they're, like, in a Ph.D. program and stuff like they're that. like, and scientists. Okay. Yeah. And, actually, one of the girls, well, one of the girls, one of the women who's in the group with us, she, um, she's, like, an engineer of sorts. And so, mm-hmm. she's in, like, the STEM field. Yeah. Uh, and so, all of us were, like, is this, like, really possible? And she <laughs> kind of popped up and was, like, well. I know people who this actually, this, this is exactly who they are. And so we all found that very fascinating. Um, But it was a cute, it was a cute love story, but there was a lot of substance to it as well. So it was really good. And one of the women who's in that group, she was like, I do not read romance. I loved this book. Mm. She's like, I'm so glad I read it. And she goes, I only read it because of you ladies. And I love this club, like this group. Um, and she loved it. So the That's love good. hypothesis is a lot of fun. I also read Winter Garden by Kristen Hanna, mm-hmm. which we kind of discussed a little bit before. That was really good. Yeah. Um, I read The Devil Wears Black, which was kind of a um, nemesis to love. Mm. Well, love to nemesis to love book. Sto- uh, book. I've been reading a lot of like, Random romance, which I am not usually a romance person, but I've gotten into them in the last couple of years. Mm. And then I read Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover, which was oh, really good. Was that good? It was good. That's good. Um, I was actually looking at that to be our suggestion, and then I decided not to for whatever reason. So That would be really funny if that was our suggestion. And I was like, all right, I've read it. No, it's not. Um, I, I decided not. <laughs> and to. then... Obviously, not a sound, but I am starting the book. I'm currently reading, well, I'm finishing up a um, Witches Win book mm. that I've had for a while that I finally want to finish. And then I'm going to be starting Such a Fun Age oh. by Kylie Reed. And that's my next book club book for the other one. Group. And then I have a list of books that I've downloaded that I can like listen to and stuff for. Right car drives and stuff for work and car drives and all that fun stuff fun fun 
Well, um, the next book, my friend, I actually read this 2014, I think. Is this one of those books where you've been making me want to, or you've been telling me to read it for a Josie very long time gave, so you're finally? Josie gave <laughs> me this book for Christmas, I think, in 2014 or 2013. Oh, I think I know. I think I know which one. And this is. I've been like, "Have you read it? Have you read it?" Like, and finally, I'm just decided we are going to read "Dorothy Must Die," and it is by <laughs> Danielle Page. Um, It is a young adult book, but it's fun. I'm a big, and Josie is too, we're both really big Wizard of Oz fans. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of love, and this is kind of like a twisted tale of Wizard of Oz, if you want to think of it that way. I do Mm -hmm. think if Andy wants to join us on this, I think he would really, really enjoy it. But we don't have to include him if he doesn't. (laughs) want to be included we can always we can always <laughs> suggest it to him and see what he says because we might over record for him this coming month <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have a lot that we have to record but <laughs> yeah. that is the book I am picking I just decided this is what we're going to do I actually had a different book picked out and then um I changed it right before no well not right before I told you but um Shortly before we got on to, to record, I changed my mind. So, Dorothy. So funny. Dorothy must die. Dun, dun, dun. See, I did it this time. <laughs> but does she? <laughs> she must. Does Dorothy die? Okay. You'll have to find out. Well, she must die. That doesn't mean she did die. They want her dead. That's for sure. Yes. From that title. So. Yeah. I hope you're looking forward to me making your book finally. (laughs) I am. And it's funny because I remember buying this for you way back when and being like, oh, yeah, I'll read it, too. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And then we'll both be able to talk about it. And then I just never did. Here we are, (laughs) like eight years later. Yeah. (laughs) trying to figure it out awesome all right well you can find us on all the socials Mm -hmm. facebook instagram twitter join us on twitter andy andy wants to talk to people andy's very lonely on twitter and he wants to talk talk to people but come talk to me on facebook and josie on instagram come talk to me on instagram we'll talk Um, to you you can find yeah you can find all of us at potheads who read a podcast um some variation of that you can type that in and and find us on any app that you listen to us rate and it lets you rate review subscribe all that fun stuff do that because that helps us a lot and you can even do that on i don't you can't do it on instagram and twitter but on our facebook page you can review us and Mm -hmm. while that doesn't help with our podcast ratings it does help with our page viewership or something mm-hmm. like that so go ahead and give so, us a, a review there and maybe if you do maybe we'll send you a something 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 you know yeah. for um giving us some support on facebook go give us, yeah. leave us go leave us a review on facebook and i will reach out to you and 
send you something special. Ooh, fun. A surprise. I have no idea what it is yet, but I'm going to start brainstorming because that's what Sheila does. <laughs> that's what Sheila does. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Awesome. Well, thank you for reading with us. Go crack a book open. Bye. Bye.